football field while the kids are playing. And this one is no different. I had a young lady um, who was with one of the families that uh, um, plays football. Their kid plays with Tatum in this, in this 8U thing. And so uh, she was in, being inquisitive, and she found out that I was a pastor. And so I, I don't know whether it was uh, just a, a, a gracious curiosity or whether it was uh, a game of stump the pastor or uh, let's see what he knows and doesn't know. And so she opened up the thing with, how does the Old Testament relate to Jesus Christ? <laughs> I thought, man, this is, a, this is a slow pitch across the plate. I can hit this one out of the park. She said, I want to see, an see in the Old Testament an example of Jesus Christ. I said, well, I'm not, I'm not going to go to the book of Daniel. I said, I'm going to go to the very beginning. I'm going to go to Genesis. And I'm going to tell you about Jesus, and I'm going to tell you about how it's represented in the Old Testament, in, in chapter 5. When it goes down through the descendants of Adam, in verse 21 is where we see it. It said, And Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. It said, And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years, and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Let's pray. Father God, I love you, and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I just ask you to open this word up to us so that we can see it as we've never seen it before. We've all read these stories in the beginning, and now, Lord, they're starting to to come together and collide with the, what we've already been taught. And, Lord, we love you because they're so interwoven that they can't be separated. God, I ask you to allow me to decrease you, increase so that I can explain this for your benefit and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And so Enoch, it's in verse 24, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Here's the thing, there's, there's about five things that we can get from Enoch's walk, and I'm going to try my best to, to, to do the best I can with it. A Godward walk results in fellowship with God. And it says, and Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah. Evidently, the first 65 years of his life, he really wasn't walking with God. He was probably taking care of the, the things that were going on around him. How many of us lived our life of ways before we decided to get serious and worship God Almighty? Took Enoch 65 years. I'm, I just turned 65. And so evidently before the birth of Methuselah, he, he might have been, in it, I don't know because it doesn't tell us, but I've just got this picture in my mind of him being a modern day person like us. He probably, when he was real young, uh, you know, he's the son of, uh, of Jared. Jared probably, he probably had the same issues that, that I had growing up. I had a drug problem. My mom and daddy drugged me to church whether I wanted to go or not. And so Jared probably drug him to synagogue, probably drug him here and drug him there that he didn't want to be. And then he finally gets out on his own a little bit, and he's going to live life his way. And he's probably 
back and forth to the synagogue, back and forth with the rabbis and whoever, you know, the Levites. Uh, uh, at this time, it wasn't even Levites. He was having to find God on his own. And he found him. And it says, and he, he walked with God after he begot Methuselah for 300 years. Think about this. If you're going to walk with somebody in the sense of this, you have to know them. You have to know them. You can't consciously walk with somebody you don't know. I mean, you can be walking down the sidewalk, and a guy, you heading in the same direction, you don't know who he is. I mean, physically, you can walk with him, but consciously, you cannot because you don't know him. The implication is to walk in this sense is that he knew him intimately. Think about this, guys. Think about this. When we hang with our friends, now I'm like I'm going to use me as an example. I have a lot of friends, and I build up relationships with them, and I know who I can tell what. And those are my good friends, and I can I can go and lay out my burdens that trouble me to my friends, and they do the same. And this is not a pastor or or, or this is just one friend to another, one man to another. Enoch and God had that relationship. Enoch was so into the relationship and the fellowship with God that he laid his problems on God, and he, God knew what his problems were. And he knew the things to say and the things to do that would honor his friendship and his loyalty to God. I know the things that will honor my commitment to my friends. I know how I can walk with my best friends to honor them and they not be ashamed of me, and vice versa. Enoch walked for 300 years with the Lord. Now, the other thing that it does that a godly walk does, it's done by faith. Enoch had faith in God. A, God, a Godward walk results in service to God. All of us, at some point in time, when we do what Methuselah, or, or Enoch did, we start serving the Lord. Now, I don't know what capacity Enoch served God in, but I know one thing. Later on, he was described as a prophet. Enoch was a prophet. I don't know, but if I had to guess that when the two witnesses come and stand in the temple, I believe he's going to be one of them. I believe he's going to be one of them. Not only did he walk with God 300 years, man, that's three centuries. Three centuries he walked with the Lord. Had fellowship with him. And all of this time since then, he's been in the presence of God. Do you understand what a miraculous thing it was when he said, and he was no more for God took him? Godward walk results in holy living. Are we living holy? Are our lives a reflection of our commitment to God? Are our lives just a commitment and on Sundays and Wednesdays and Thursdays or whatever the get-togethers are, man, we own it. The rest of the time it's take this coat off and put this other coat on and let me walk like the world. Do we consistently act like and walk 
like we have a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. The word hypocrite comes to mind. We have people all over the United States that refuse to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. But yet every day they get up and go to work and every day they go to the grocery store and they go to Walmart or wherever they go, full of hypocrites. I know many of people that said they would never buy another thing from Walmart. Yet I can go to their house. They may not physically go to the store, but the boxes on the deck tell me that they've been. That online thing. If they wasn't spending another dollar there, that makes them a hypocrite, correct? Or at least you would think. How many of us are hypocrites in our walk out in public? I mean, all of us know, all of our friends know we go to Deep Creek Baptist Church. And if you're trying to hide it, if you're parked in the parking lot, it's a little late. Because they'll ride by and see your vehicle out there. What was you doing there? I didn't see nobody mowing the grass. You went inside. What is our relationship out there reflective on this church? What does it look like? Think about this. This church has been here for 140 some odd years. What kind of image are we presenting to the public around here? Yes, inside this church is the, probably the greatest kept secret in this county. Folks actually love each other and care about it. There's a letter that proves it. That's a testimony for this church. But are we living holy? Are we dedicating our decisions to God before we make them? Are we asking him to bless our finances and the things that we do? Are we asking him to rule our lives? Are we going to him first before we do anything? A Godward walk results in assurance. Here's the, here's the greatest thing about this. It says, and Enoch walked with God and he was no more, and God took him. A godly assurance. He followed God by faith and he was assured the reward. Not only was he assured the reward of heaven, but he was taken, taken. He never suffered death. And I have to wonder, do you think that there was some miraculous event as him being taken to heaven? You know, we've, we've seen about Elijah in a whirlwind of fire. And I wonder what Enoch went through. Remember Christ? He had all his disciples around him when he ascended to heaven. I wonder if Methuselah and all them were there when Enoch was no more. There was a lot of things getting ready to happen in the world at that time. A Godward walk results in a great reward. Great reward. We have assurance that we're going to spend eternity with God. If we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we not only accept him as our Lord and Savior, but allow him to be the Lord of our lives. To rule over our lives. We give up our wants and our desires and let him rule us. Most of us, myself included, still have these little areas. I got this, Lord. I'm not ready to let you have it yet. 
And we have to ask him to forgive us for that. But think about what would happen if we decided that we would truly follow Jesus Christ. 100%. Let him rule us as he sees fit. Let us seek him and be guided by his spirit. See, there's a lot of things that this correlates with. You know, 2 Corinthians, uh, let me flip my page here. 2 Corinthians uh, 5-7. You know, walking with God means walking by faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Walking in the light. See, that's why all this walking and all this fellowship and all this holy living, we need to be walking in the light. 1 John 1, verses 5 through 7. And walking in agreement with God. That's what walking in the light is. Walking in agreement with God. Are we walking in agreement with God in every step we take? And then Amos 3.3, 3, after walking like, the, uh, like this with God, it was as one day God told Enoch, you don't need to walk home, why don't you just come home with me? Think about that. Think about that. If you don't need to walk anymore, just, just come on home with me. Man, that's almost as great as well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. God took him, a very remarkable expression. Very remarkable. We don't know if he did it in some visible manner like I was just talking about, or if it was just a, there he was. They went to look for him and couldn't find him. Um, however, just think about this. This is also a prelude and a picture of the rapture of the church. When we get into the book of Revelation, you remember, you get to a certain chapter, and then the church is not mentioned for a whole lot of more chapters. You know why that is? The church walked with God, and God took him. The church walked with God, and God took him. It's a picture of the rapture. It's a picture of Jesus Christ ascending to heaven. It's a picture of what our assurance and our promises are if we will live and walk by faith. Hebrews 11.5 tells us the foundation of Enoch's walk with God. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Do we please God? Are we pleasing to God? This is, a, this is not a beat us up. This is a retrospect. This is something that we should be doing on a daily basis. Am I pleasing to God? The things that I'm doing, the thoughts, my thoughts, my actions, are they pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, he bought me at a terrible price. I don't know what it cost him to purchase me. I do know how bad of a guy I am. I know what I'm capable of. And I know that those things that I'm capable of seem to be in check because of the Holy Spirit that has been dwelled in me. I don't know about you, but I can be a very vindictive and evil person. I was born that way. My mom and dad had to teach me how to share. They had to teach me what was right and what was wrong because what was wrong came natural. 
I could snatch a toy from another kid that fast. Mine. I could run up and grab a piece of candy and grab it all and hug it and mine. They didn't have to teach me how to be selfish. They didn't have to teach me how to be greedy. I was born with that. No, what they had to do was teach me to take one piece and ask others if they would like some. Those are lessons that's hard. They're hard to learn because we want it all. The most important person in the world for a long time was me. And then you come to realize that having that belief in just me was going to cause me to spend eternity in hell. And I knew I had to make a change. And the position came and the opportunity came for me to give my life to Christ, and I took it. And I have never looked back. See, here's the thing. If men walk contrary to God, you cannot walk or he cannot walk with you. If you're feeling alone when you're walking, it is because you're not living in accordance with God. If your prayers aren't going anywhere or you don't see anything in it, number one, either you don't believe it, your faith is weak, or number two, you don't know who Jesus Christ is. Them three things right there. You know how to cure them all? Repent. If you would repent, all of those things will go away. You know, these feel-good churches won't teach repentance. They want you to feel good. God has entitled you to feel good the rest of your life. No, he has not. Nowhere in this book that it tells you you're allowed to feel good. What it tells you, no matter what your situation is, no matter what circumstance you're in, if you are a child of God, you can find joy in your soul. doesn't say you're going to be happy, because I'm going to tell you what, I have joy in my soul, and there's some circumstances that's gone on in my life. Trust me, I was not happy. Not only was I not happy, I was angry, and I was all the above. But I had a joy and a peace in my soul, because I knew that this too shall pass. Think about this. Walking together implies that you are friendship. You have a friendship developed. You have an intimacy with them. And when I say intimacy, it's not a sexual intimacy. It's, it's an it's a intimacy to where I know that I could tell that person my deepest, darkest secrets, and they won't go any further. You want people to come and rely upon you? Be trustworthy. Be trustworthy. When somebody tells you something in confidence, keep it that way. And you can't release it until they give you permission. Now, you can take it to the Lord. You can take it to the Lord. But you can't spill it to another human being until they give you permission or they give you permission. You can't betray that trust. You can't do it. And it's love. These cannot exist between God and the soul unless the man is presented acceptable to the Lord. The only way our souls can be presented accessible or acceptable to the Lord is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, period. Buddha will not get you there. Muhammad will not get you there. Allah will not get you there. Confucius, Dorster, any of the others, this new age mumbo jumbo they got won't get you there. 
because the God of the universe, when he came down in flesh, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, period. That ended it. The creator of the universe said that. Part of the Godhead. So all this other mumbo-jumbo junk that's being presented all over the place is of Satan. It is demonic in nature, designed to confuse and confound and be devoured and thrown in hell for eternity. That's the truth. I can't preach it any plainer than that. If a dumb old country boy like me can get it, and there's a lot of people in here a whole lot more intelligent than me should be able to grasp this pretty quick. God is the Savior and the creator of all things. Get this. I'm going to put a myth to bed. Satan is not divine. He is a created creature equal to Gabriel and Michael. He was an angel of the archetype. That is it. And you know what got him so upset? Is the greatest creation that God created was man when he lifted him up out of the dirt, breathed life into his nostrils. Death. Because we are made in the image of God. Not an angel, not a demon, not anybody was made in the image of God except man. How special are we? And yet those of us who were created, all we want to do is rebel against the creator? Shame on us. Shame on us. Enoch's life was no adventure. It had no adventure. It was not an, because it was not, a, is it not adventure enough for him to have walked with God for 300 years? What ambition can crave a nobler act than walking with God and abiding in fellowship with the eternal creator of the universe. There's nothing better. There's nothing more to reach for. We get distracted by all the things that are around us when our number one concern and focus should be on Jesus Christ and what he would have us do. Period. Period. That's it. It's what he would have us to do. We need to walk by faith. We need to put our trust in God. We need to live it every day. From me down to whoever. I'll be the first to admit, I need to do all these things. And I strive to do them. He tells us to be holy because he is holy. Do you understand that we are in his family? We've been grafted into the vine. We are children of God. It's not just that we, were, we, we came to a relationship with Jesus Christ. We became a brother and sister of Jesus Christ. When the great tribulation goes through and then they have the great judgment, do you think there's going to be piles of bleachers for us to sit in on the sideline? No, we're going to be sitting up there with God judging the world. He said, you will judge the world with me. I wonder how much solace we're going to get when we see some of our loved ones and some of our friends launched into the lake of fire 
the people that we should have, could have talked to, but didn't. The people that cussed us out because we talked about the Lord. Those people that we refuse to talk to because they're hard. They want to shut us down by the way they try to respond to us. And they want to try to push our buttons to get us to lose our composure. Go forth in the power of Jesus Christ and none of that will happen. Yes, you probably will get rejected. I don't know why we're so afraid of being rejected. Jesus Christ was rejected. Pretty much rejected everywhere he went. And what did they want from him? What he could do for them, not what he could do for them. They wanted the physical. They wanted the material. And he was offering them eternity. And they rejected him. We stand on eternity. We stand on the word of God. How are we going to be wrong? Some of us are going to be martyred. And it's coming sooner than later. Some of us sitting here won't even see it. Some of us sitting here may, just may, I don't know. They may be alive at the rapture. I don't know. I just know this is not as long to go as it has been. The Bible's fulfilling itself quickly. So with what I want to ask you today, the clock in the back is dead. But what I want to ask you today yeah, so yeah, there's a clock back there so that I don't run over. They faced it so y'all can't see it, but I can. Um, what I want to ask you today, are you walking like Enoch? Do you even have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Has anything that was said here today caused you to stir, caused you to, to be upset, caused you to wiggle in your seat? Are you getting some issues in here? Are you wanting to get out and walk because it's hot, hot? Holy Spirit's talking to you. That's not your conscience. That's the Holy Ghost. There is no such thing as conscience. It's Holy Spirit. Talking to you. Respond to it. If he's telling you to, to, com to confess your sins, confess them. If he's telling you to come to me, all of you who are weary and laden, come to him. If he's calling you to rededicate your life, rededicate it. If he's calling you just to hit your knees and ask him to forgive you or to give praise to him, do it. Do it. Do it. And walk new from there. If you're dragging bags from 20, 30 years ago that you just don't seem to be able to put down because the adversary keeps putting them in your mind, Bring them to the cross and drop them. I had a conversation with a young man this weekend. Everything that happened from this point behind us is ancient history. can never be changed. Let it go. There's no need to drag that around. There's no need to worry about it. Just don't make those mistakes going forward. That's how we learn. Drop the bag. I'm telling you. The dust from the furrows of you dragging them bags is, is starting to cause a dust storm. Let them go. Unhook the chain. Unbind yourself. Be free to God Almighty to use as you see fit. That's it. That is it.
All He wants is you to freely give Him your heart and your time. And He wants all of it. All of it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to bless this time together. Lord, I thank you for this message. May 